Okay, um, so there's a story that's said over about, it's actually said over about two tzaddikim, so I don't know which one it is, but Rebbe Levi Yitzchak of Bardishchev, the Bardishchever, and Rebbe Yisrael Ruziner. Same story said about both of them. And that is when they were children, so they once wanted very much um, an apple, something. Children wanted different things in the olden days. And the parent didn't want to give it to them, so they made a bracha. They said, very priyayit, they made a bracha, and then the parent had to give them the fruit. And that was their way of getting their fruit. The Rebbe said over the story a number of times, he said it in relation to Rosh Hashanah, that we make a bracha that Hashem is moichil v'seleach, that Hashem forgives us. Once we made a bracha, so Hashem has to give us, you know, a bracha is a bracha, but it can be a bracha levatala. The Rebbe used it also for geula, that if we're already besimcha, in the simcha of the coming of Mashiach, so that itself becomes a keli for Hashem bringing Mashiach, like that child who made the bracha to force his parents to do what the child wanted. And I was reminded of this story this week, uh, two, last week, because when I got this text of can I come and speak here for Vav Tishrei, and I responded, I said, let me think about it. And an hour later, I got an invitation <laughs> with, name with my name on it. <laughs> I didn't say who did it, but, <laughs> but no, with a, note okay. that sa- with a note that said that if you will agree to speak, this is what the invitation will look like. <laughs> so, that was the first for me, but it, it worked in this time. I'm not, suggesting, I'm not suggesting that this becomes a new you know, mode of finding speakers, but uh, that's the fact. It, it happened. <laughs> Sorry. So, I, again, I, I, how else would I get you? I didn't say who did it or how did it, but that's what happened. Okay. Um, having said that, so therefore the title that says I'm going to speak about was also before I had decided to come or speak or anything like that. So I'm just gonna. So I'm just gonna do. Um, <clears throat> but it's above, it's above Tishrei gathering. So. I'm just going to do what I want to do, and that is, I want to go back with you to Vav Tishrei um, of 1989. It was 34 years ago. Tonight, well, uh, Vav Tishrei, which is tomorrow night. Um, and I was a, a, Talmud, a student, a bachar in the yeshiva then in Crown Heights. I, was, I wasn't yet 16 years old. But it was a very memorable time, and it was a very, very powerful time. So I want to talk about that Vav Tishrei the way I remember it. Um, but in order to understand Vav Tishrei of that year, and again I'm talking about 1989, so I'll give you a little background of that time. So the reason I'm going specifically to that year is because that year, like this year, had a very common strain, and that is that Shabbos was Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah the first day of Rosh Hashanah was Shabbos, and therefore the first day of Sukkot is Shabbos, and therefore Shemini Aseris is Shabbos. All of the Yom Tovim are Shabbos Dik Yom Tovim. Now whenever you have such a setup where all the Yom Tovim are Shabbos, so there's different perspectives on it, right? Some people love it, some people hate it. I mean, like if you work in a, some type of a secular setting, it's great. You don't have to take off for Yom Tovim. You don't have to eat up all your vacation days because of Tishrei. It's great. If you work in a from setting, you feel gypped out of all your days off, right? Because you could have had so many days off. My kids are adamant that it's Cheder made this up. Like they don't have any days off, and this is terrible. Um, whatever. If you're if you're you know making making meals, Shabbos and Yom Tov is you know combined. There's less meals to make. If you're in charge of Chalamoy trips, there's more days to worry about. So it's, like everything, there's so many different perspectives. The Rebbe had a very strong perspective on Rosh Hashanah Shachalis B'Shabbos, especially that year, um, and maybe it was other times also. But that was the time that I was there. 
And already a couple of weeks in advance, that's what, was be, that's what the Rebbe was talking about. It was two Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah, was Shabbos of in Kisavay. And the whole Febrengen was about that. It was about Rosh Hashanah that falls out on Shabbos. And the basic idea was that if the first day of Rosh Hashanah is a certain way, that's a message for the whole year because Rosh Hashanah is the head and the body follows the head. The Gemara's term is Gufa Basar Resha Ozil, a body follows a head. So however Rosh Hashanah is, the year sort of follows. So if the first day of Rosh Hashanah is Shabbos, so the Rebbe, then the year is a Shabbos Diki year. What does that mean? So Shabbos is a more Ruchni Sikha day. It's a day of being uplifted. Um, we're not as involved in the mundane and the work and so on and so forth. It's a time for more tefillah, more Torah and so on and so forth. So if Rosh Hashanah starts on Shabbos, that means the year has the Kayach or the or the um, ability to be more of a Shabbos Diki year. But the Rebbe said in Ephraim, it's not just about being holier oneself, but on Shabbos, even one's Gashmias becomes holier, because food becomes a mitzvah, and clothing becomes a mitzvah, and sleep becomes a mitzvah, which means that in a year that follows a Rosh Hashanah of Shabbos, so not only can we be more in an elevated state, but even our Gashmias, and even the things we're involved in, anything can become more clearly connected with their Ruchmiyistik intention. And that's what the Rebbe spoke about on that Shabbos. And then, and then followed up with, this, with that idea in a letter that he sent to everyone. Um, those general letters that would come up before Yom Tev, they were titled, El Bnei Ubenois Yisrael B'chol Mokim Shehein to all Yidin, all Kal Yisrael. So the letter came out for Chai Elo that week. And again, it was all about this, with added ideas, but it was all about this, that this year is going to be a Hechere, a higher, more elevated type of a year. That was that Shabbos. Then came the next Shabbos, which was Nitzavim Vayelech. And the Rebbe kept on, this was like, it was like a, there was like really drilling the theme into us of the new year is going to be a different type of year, an uplifted year. And on that Shabbos, the Rebbe spoke about the fact that in Rosh Hashanah on Shabbos we don't blow shofar. Of course, the first day, as we know this week, we didn't blow shofar on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. And the Rebbe said how that really reflects a much greater level of bittel to Hashem. That we're not even doing anything. It just happens on its own. There's that seamless connection that we're able to feel with Hashem. And he said the same thing was with mitzvahs, that a person can come to a place where they just, whatever Hashem wants will happen. It's not me and I did it or I didn't. It's not about me and my doing. It's the Rebbe looked at Rosh Hashanah when we don't blow the shofar as a more automatic sense of connection between us and Hashem. And that's what he spoke about on that Shabbos. And again, followed it up with a letter, El B'nai B'nai Yisrael B'chal Machim Shehem, from Moitzoi Shabbos. Moitzoi Shabbos Slichas. So this was all the lead up as we were getting closer to Rosh Hashanah. The night before Rosh Hashanah, so Rosh Hashanah was Shabbos, so Thursday night, there was a fabrin, there was a, a Sicha, a talk, because the night before Rosh Hashanah is the Tzemach Sedek's um, birthday, right? Birthday, Tzemach Sedek is Chavtes El. And that year, it was exactly 200 years since the Tzemach Sedek's birth. And again, I would make big, big deals of all of these things. And that night, he told Hokasicha, and then handed out to every Chassid who was there this booklet, this Sefer, which is from the Tzemach Sedek. Um, it's called Kitsurim Va'aris L'Sefer L'Kuti Amorim. It's the Tzemach Sedek's um, summaries to Tanya and Biurim explanations in Tanya. So in honor of the 200 years since the Tzemach Sedek's birthday, the Rebbe on that night took, I don't know, three and a half hours or whatever after the Sicha and handed out men, women, and children, everyone who passed by. That was that night. Right? And this is how we were going in to Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, as I told you, was Shabbos, the first day. So 
770 is packed, there's thousands of Hasidim there. And it was in the middle of Musaf on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. And um, I think I remember where I was standing, but you know, 30 something years does something to you. But I, I think, but the point is, in the middle of Musaf, middle of Chazar Sashat, someone whispered to me that he heard a rumor that there was going, that the Rebbe was going to have a Fabrengen that afternoon. Now, if that was going to be true, that would be hist totally historic. Because the Rebbe had never fabringed on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. Traditionally, by the Chabad Rebbeim, the first day of Rosh Hashanah didn't talk. I mean, they haven't, and they learned Torah, whatever, they said to Hillam. By the meals even, there wasn't really Divrei Torah, it wasn't a day of talking. It was a very earnest day. And on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, there was always fabringens, and mamorim, and siches, and so on. But never, ever, the first day of Rosh Hashanah. Not by the Rebbe, not by the Friedrich Rebbe, not by the... It just wasn't a thing. But here I am in 770, and someone is telling me that he heard from reliable sources that today there's going to be a Febrengen from the Rebbe. Now, the only logic that there could be for that was because in that period of time, the Rebbe would Febreng every Shabbos. From after the Rebbe passed away, Chaim Mushka, a year and a half earlier, so after the Shloishim was up, from then the Rebbe had Febrengen every Shabbos. So this was technically Shabbos, so maybe, but really the Febrengen was scheduled for the next day. Be that as may, I heard this rumor. Now, I made a quick cheshbon, how do you say cheshbon, uh, calculation. And that is, if the Rebbe is going to fabrink, it's already 2 o'clock. So, he's, it's going to be like right away after davening. There's no way they can set up 770 for a fabrink. But normally a fabrink had a very specific setup and there was places and designated places you had your spot. But that was impossible. So 770 is packed. The Rebbe is going to, if the Rebbe is going to be right away. So, I was a little bit tricky. What I did was, I went to the Rebbe's Fabrengen spot, just in case. And I like parked myself right there. Just in case, what are they gonna do? I mean, they can't get me out of here, right? And that's what I did. So middle of Musaf, I sort of made my way there and I just stood there. And sure enough, right after davening, the Gabbai, Rebbe Pinson, Olavashom, bangs on the table, he says, in about 15 minutes, there's gonna be a Fabrengen. And you know, pandemonium broke loose. And they tried to set up, it was impossible. And exactly as I thought or planned, I was stuck there. I stood like right near Rabbi El Khan, Olavashalom. Like I was never in my whole life in a closer place by the Rebbe Shabrangan, as far as me and some people sitting here. And I heard every single word on that Shabbos Shabrangan. And it was all about Rosh Hashanah and Shabbos. And they were being picked up to a different place and a different level. And that connects us to a higher level in Hashem that gives us the ability to connect Ruchnis and Gashmias. Plus, the Rebbe talked a lot about it was the first day of Tafshin Nun which was labeled Teishnas Nisim. This can be a year of miracles. And again, a miracle is being uplifted, that Hashem lifts us up, like Shabbos. And that we have to uplift our Avodah. When we pick ourselves up in a nice way, higher than our nature, Hashem picks us up in a higher than nature. That was a very uplifting Fabrengen on that first day of Rosh Hashanah of Shabbos. Right? So this is how the year is starting off. Very, very uplifted, very wonderful. Then, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. The next day was the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Of course, there was always a Fabrengen at the end of Yom Tev. Fabrengen, this thing, the Gunam of Alder Abim, and after Rosh Keshul Bracha. And then Monday was Sem Gedalia. So Sem Gedalia, there was a Sicha, because every fast day there was a Sicha after Mincha. And then the next day, which was today, which is what? Tuesday, right? On Tuesday was a special Sicha for the Machni Yisrael Fund. That was for the, the very the big donors of Chabad who would come and they would speak to them and then talk to each person individually. It took like half the day. And then the next day, which is tomorrow, Wednesday, there was a sicha on the eve of Vav Tishrei and the Rebbe Davin for the Amud. Of course, it was his mother's yard site. But I'm going to the next day. 
So the next day is Thursday, right? I hope everyone's going to be a test afterward for all the steps <laughs> in yeshiva. That's what we do. But, so, so the next day was Thursday. And Thursday, the Rebbe for the Amr in the morning, Shachris, and then went to the Eichel. Um, but when I went to the Eichel, it means first after the Amr went to the Mikvah, and then came back to some seven, and then went to the Eichel. went to the Eichel probably about, I don't know, 12, 12.30, and didn't come back till about 7.30. So many hours. I forgot to mention the obvious, that the Rebbe at this point is turning 88 years old. Age-wise, that's, a, that's where we're at, right? It's tough shit, it's 1989. Um, the Rebbe went to the oil, stood there for six, seven hours. The Rebbe's fasting. The Rebbe goes to the oil, the Rebbe fasted. Comes back, and Davin's Mincha for the Amud, Davin's Marib, and says a Sicha. And that's a Sicha I, wanna, I wanted to talk about. All this was to get to that Sicha. Um, but I'll let me skip the Sicha for a second. After the Sicha, the Rebbe handed again out something special to every chassid, man, woman, and child who was there. And that was this. This was the yellow. This is the actual one that the Rebbe handed me that night. So this was a yellow manila envelope in which there was a piece of lekach, which is not here anymore. There's been many Pesach since then. Um, and a dollar for tzedakah. And a new mimer of the Tzemach Tzedek that was just printed for the first time then, in honor of the 200 years since the Tzemach Tzedek's birthday. And a letter that the Rebbe sent to every chassid on that day, on Vav Tishrei. Um, a continuation of the theme of Rosh Hashanah and Shabbos and Shnas Nisan. So after the Sicha, the Rebbe then hands out these, this pamphlet to everyone there. It started about 8.30 at night and finished about 1.30 in the morning. I, it, it was... Just to, and now I'm a little bit older and I'm thinking back to the super inhuman efforts that were going on here from the Rebbe and his part. In fact, I remember then Rabbi Hecht, Rabbi J.J. has called Rabbi J.J. Hecht, who was a little closer to the Rebbe and was able to say things that most people didn't. So it's, he, had, he walked by some point and he said, Rebbe, you have to go eat something. He was the Rebbe still fasting, right? He said, Rebbe, maybe the Rebbe could sit down and eat something. The Rebbe said, the Rebbe told him, I'll think about it tomorrow. That's what I ever told him. And continue giving out till 1.30 in the morning these contrasts. So, what did the Rebbe speak about in that sicha on that night about Rebbe Zimchana? So, it was really a very beautiful sicha. He spoke a lot about his mother. And he said, more or less famous stuff. He, he started off by saying that it says in Tanya, the when Asali passes away, so the Neshama is Eila. And then, and Poyel Yeshuais Bekerev Haaretz. That's a quote from Tanya. That the Neshama, on the day of the Neshama's passing, it's Poyal, it affects Yeshua's salvation, Bekerav Aretz, in the entire world. <coughs> the Rebbe said that the idea of affecting Yeshua's in the entire world is typically for a tzaddik, a tzaddik who's, who's involved with the entire world. But for most people, every Neshama, when they're Eulah on the yard side, affects Yeshua for their family, for their children, those who are connected to them. But Bekerav Aretz typically is for a Nasi, for a tzaddik. But the Rebbe said, in this case, in the case of his mother, she is a person who affected Bekerav Aretz, everyone, the whole entire world. Why is that? So the Rebbe said, because, as, as is very famous, all of the writings of the Divrei Torah of her husband that are learned by Klal Yisrael till today is only due to her, right? As we know, that he, her husband was the, the great uh, Rav and Sadiq, Rav Levi Yitzchak. And Rav Levi Yitzchak was the Rav of the great city um, in Ukraine, Called, it was then it was called Yakantrinislav, right? Yakantrinislav is a hard name to pronounce, so they changed it to Dnepe Petrovsk, <laughs> just, you know, just to make things easier. Um, but he was, he was the Rav there, and he was ultimately arrested for, obviously, Mr. Snefesh for Yiddishkeit. And after tremendous suffering, he was exiled. After a year of suffering in prison, he was exiled for an additional four years. 
in a very, very distant um, pl- place in the east of Russia called Chiali, I think it's called. And um, it was a place where there was no Yidin and it wasn't a place that you could really live and it was hunger, there was nothing. And the Rebetzin went to be with him. She, most of the time that he was there, she went. And when she was there, one of the things she did, and she recognized that her husband, what he needed more than anything else was a way to express his Torah. Because he was a Torah genius, a, a literal Torah genius, in all areas of Torah, and he just needed a way to express it. He had no one who he could talk to. There wasn't one Yid there in the city. A, a special part of his, the decree about him is that he can't live in a place with his other Jews. He's too powerful a personality. So she would go to the forest and she would, as we know, make ink with her hands, with her beer hands, and she would bring it to him. He didn't have paper, but he had the chumash and the tanya and the sitter that he had, and he would write it on the margins of his farm. So all the writings we have from him, and the Rebbe point has something very amazing, which is he had written thousands and thousands of pages before he was arrested. We don't have anything from that. That was all destroyed. The Russians and the Nazis destroyed. The only thing we have from him is what he wrote in those last years of his life when he became very ill and ultimately passed away there. Um, and that's the Torah that we have. But all of that Torah, the Rebbe would always say is 100% because of his mother, because the Rebbe Sinchana, who, who made the ink and, made, and brought it, whatever it was, and helped him there. But in that Sikha, the Rebbe said, it was a lot more than ink. She gave him the emotional backing. And the car, she sat there with him. She was with him. Alone, he, he would not be able to do anything. And he said she devoted herself to him and to his stability and his emotional well-being in order that he should be able to write all the Torah that he was able to write. So therefore, the Rebbe says, her, she is a Pahil Yeshua Yisbekar of Aretz. All of us are indebted to her every day. But then the Rebbe went on. And it was, a, it was a somewhat unusual. The Rebbe spoke so many stories in that Sicha. He said that her devotion and involvement in his activities wasn't only then. It was earlier, back in Yakin Srinislav. He said that his father, um, who was the Sarav of the major city, was, was in, he lived in the worst times, under Stalin, Russia, in the, the worst times. And he, he was constantly endangering his life. It says, for example, in that talk that ever talked about the fact that the, the communists wanted that the great rabbanim of the city sign declarations that Russia is not persecuting religion for public affairs, for America, for other countries. And they came specifically to him. He was one of the greatest rabbanim, or if not the greatest rabbanim, in Russia at the time. And they asked him to sign. And he says, not signing. And not only that, they said, okay, we'll sign for you. He said, I'm going to write letters to all the countries that it's not true and you are persecuting Jews. He fought them straight out. And then there was the famous story of the, of the matzah, right? Where they, in, in Yachintrinoslav, in that area, there's a tremendous amount of wheat fields. And they came to him and they said they want him to give the hechsher for matzah for Pesach. Because matzah for Pesach, even then, or was much more expensive than any other matzah. And they said they, they want to be kosher. He said... If for, if for me to have it kosher, it's got to go exactly according to my ashgacha and what I say, and I have to be the only one involved. And they said, you know, we'll have you arrested. So he said he's going to go to the capital, which was Moscow, I think, at the time. Was it? I think so. And he said he's going to go meet with the Russian uh, minister, I think, it's the, I think the exterior minister, his name was Kalinin. And this Kalinin was a famous anti-Semite. But he said, I'm going to go there and I'm going to demand that I'm, if you wanted to have kosher symbol, then there's only one way it could be kosher, if I said it. And these things, one after another, he was jeopardizing his life. And the Rebbe said he could only do that because he had his wife next to him who was supporting him in that and wasn't afraid herself and was being, uh, how you say, ma'idid. She was um, encouraging him in all of that. 
And that's what the Rebbe spoke about in that sikha. And then he said, and of course for us the Hira is to learn from her her type of Mesiris Nefesh for Yiddishkeit, for Yiddishkeit, and for her husband, and for Teira, and for Chesidus, and for everything. And that ultimately, like Chana, she, her, she's Chana, and the Chana, the Haftarah that we read in Rosh Hashanah is about Chana, who um, gave birth ultimately Shmuel Anovi, and that's where Nevuah comes from, and ultimately Mashiach, because Shmuel is the one who anoints David HaMelech. And that is what the Rebbe spoke in that, and then he went into the, the mitzvahs of Chana, the three mitzvahs of Chana's name, which is three mitzvahs special of women. And all of that, and therefore our Yisafa and Teremitzvah should be in a way of nace, in a way of nace and upliftedness in the general theme of that, of that year and that time. And after the Sikh, as I said, the Rebbe commenced by giving out these, this letter about Shnas Nisim and about Shabbos together with the Maimur that's a Maksadik well into the night throughout uh, until I think it was 1.30 in the morning when the Rebbe finally went back into his room. <laughs> Interesting. During when the Rebbe was handing this out that night so there's a person who came by and he, he like he wanted to ask for additional one for someone in his family but you know, if anyone who remembers how the lines went they, they were quick and you had to and you know when you're standing in front of the Rebbe you get flustered the person like mumbled something and, and, and he just was moved on and that's it and the line went on, about 15 minutes later, the Rebbe turns to Rabbi Groner, and he says, what did that person want? That person was like 100 people back or whatever. He says, um, I'm not sure. The Rebbe says, well, let's call him back. So the, but the person had already left 770. So Rabbi Groner sent a message, they called him at home. He came back with 770, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, the Rebbe said, you want another one? Here's another one for your wife, or whatever it was. Oh, wow. This was going on on that night. So. To conclude, what are some of the takeaways from this very special whole idea, this Rosh Hashanah Shachalis B'Shabes and now Vav Tishrei? So, just to, to um, summarize, there is the obvious Hira of this year. The years, this year is a special year, it's a Shabbos Tiki year, and especially that year, other times also, but especially that year, they have made such a big deal about that, that all of the Yom Tovim, starting of course from Rosh Hashanah, which is the beginning of the year, but ultimately all of the Yom Tovim are Shabbos Tiki. And that gives us the koyach, because Yom Tov is not just about Yom Tov. Rosh Hashanah is not just about Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur is not just about Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah is about the whole year. Yom Kippur is about the whole year, right? We know that this month is called Chodesh HaShvi'i. The word Shvi means the seventh. But the word Shvi also comes from the word Lisba, to fill. It fills, it satiates, it fills us with koyaches. And whatever Rosh Hashanah means, it means for a whole year long. And Yom Kippur and Sukkot and Simchas Torah, all these are year-long messages. But this year, all those messages are Shabbistic, first and foremost. Which means that it gives us the ability to be on an uplifted level, pick ourselves up to a greater place than where we might be on our own. And as Rebbe again pointed out always, not just ourselves, but our surroundings. And our Gashmias also becomes like Shabbos Gashmias. But Shabbos Gashmias is mitzvahs. The same food that during the week is not. And Shabbos is an actual mitzvah. And that's what this year has that koyach to do in a way that we're picked up, uplifted with the powers of this year. The Rebbe said that year was a special Shnas Nisim. And he explained then that it also has to do with our connection with the Nisim, with the Tzaddikim, the Nasi, the Rabbeim, because they, the, word, the Nasi also means to be uplifted. Right, just like Shabbos is an uplifted day of the week, a nasi is a tzaddik is uplifted, and just like Shabbos doesn't just uplift itself, but everything becomes Shabbosdik, a nasi uplifts us when we hold on tight. Right, kisisa esroish b'nei Yisrael, the nasi counts and raises us all up together with the nasi as we hold on to the nasi and the heroes. So that's a, a very basic hero, but perhaps one last thing. Sometimes we feel on a yom tov in yom tov season. Sometimes there is this feeling of, I devote so many, so much time for others. 
whether it's my family, whether it's my guests, whether it's my mifsoyim, and so much time, sometimes I, maybe I should have devoted more time for myself. I, I gave some, maybe I gave too much. Maybe I gave too much of my effort and my energy for others. But I think in this story, both Rebbe and Chana received this greatness that the Rebbe talked about his mother. She was a great person on her own right. And yet ultimately what made her the person that's Pael Yeshua's Bekeravaris was her tremendous devotion and involvement to her husband, to Rebbe Levik and all of his Avoida and all the Torah that he, that he taught. And I think more than anything, the Rebbe taught us that. In this picture that I'm trying to show you of the Rebbe's total dedication and devotion to the Chassidim. I mean, the Rebbe could have learned a tremendous amount of Torah and Davin, and here, day after day after day, he fell brain, then he Davin for us, and he went to the oil for us, and gave the Sichas, and he gave the Memorim, he handed out this contrast and that contrast and this Sicha. If you think about the schedule that I just went over with you of that one week, Every single day, the Rebbe Fabring and talked and went and, and pushed himself to the utmost with his total dedication to us. So whenever sometimes we might think, maybe I'm dedicating myself too much to others, and maybe I'm going to lose out of it. Let's remember the Rebbe Tzimchana, let's remember her son, the Rebbe, who lived as shining examples of dedication to Klal Yisrael, dedication to others, and in that way, raising up others and being uplifted themselves. Hashem should help him with Hashem. We should all have an uplifted and up and raised year, starting with all Hashem's brachas, each and every one of us, a chsiman, a gmar for everyone personally and everything that we need, merubin, sarachi, amcha, and all of us together, with Hashem, the ultimate uplifted year with the coming of Mashiach may be the car of Mamash. I have a question. Did you feel that Shabbos energy that year?